things will be alright Soon as I get back to school Welcome back to Season 3 of the Hockey House Pod, Episode 69, presented by Optimex Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, joined by Colin Fitzgerald, Aiden Collins, and our executive producer, David Herman, as we bring you the latest news from around the ACHA and CHF offseason. Glick is out tonight. He's got practice. They're getting training camp going at Temple. Filling in his role tonight is Aiden Collins. We got another goalie from Philly. Pretty replaceable. (laughs) Collins, first day of classes. How'd it go? Uh, it went well. Uh, it was pretty solid. It was it's what you expect. It's silly week, so like nothing crazy. The most eventful thing though was Murph FaceTiming me in the middle of my class, and I forgot I had my ringer on. <laughs> it was uh, quite embarrassing. My professor just like laser eyes right at me, and I'm like, uh, my bad. And then I get the text, I get the call up, and say, Hey, we need you to to come out. You know, we need you on the pod tonight. No longer on the taxi squad. Made my way to the show. So happy to be here. <laughs> made your way to the group chat too. Yeah, made That's my way like to the, the group the chat. huge call up. <laughs> yeah. I actually, I forgot that you had class today. I FaceTimed you and I got like the hang up right away. And I was like, oh. And I was like, oh, he's in class. Like the hype. I saw the hype video today. Great job on that. The boys are back and classes day one at Villanova. Awesome to have you here. Fitzy, what have you been up to? No classes for you today. No classes. Uh, happy to be done with all that. Not much going on. Just the the usual rat hockey, men's league. We we won the men's league chipper last Tuesday. That's all I've got going really is is men's league and getting in fights with guys that think they're going to the show. Where was the uh, men's league celebration? Applebee's, Buffalo Wild Wings, or Hooters? Well, this is what they did to us. They they gave us a 10:30 p.m. start on a Tuesday. There's actually a bar restaurant type thing attached to the rink. And they stayed open late for us because they knew, like, you know, we'd want to come in after if we won. So we just went in there. They fired up some Zaz for us, and uh, it, it was a pretty good time. That's good. At least they knew it. Hey, if we're going to have a 1030 start time, I mean, that's got to be tough rolling into work if you've got a desk job at 9 a.m. on Wednesday morning. I don't know how some of these guys do it because they're, you know, older guys and they stay out and drink after every single game and then get up at, you know, whatever, 7 or 8 and they just do it all over again. It's absolutely absurd. Herm, you're settled in in Utica now. Uh, first pod from the apartment. How you feeling? Feeling great. The independence is wonderful. I think I told you like a couple of days in that I had not been happier since nationals. And before that, I couldn't tell you when. Making the move away from tech sales and into the AHL has been the single best thing for my physical and mental health in years. Honestly, I am happy. I am enjoying what I do. I get out of bed and I've got a smile on my face. Genuinely. It's wonderful. And a huge change of pace from where I was previously. Talking about mental health. uh, My mental health is great right now because I'm recording from the hockey house desk. When I try to record in the basement of my house, there's always issues. There's always issues. If I'm in the top bunk at a summer camp trying to record, I hated pushing it back a week. Uh, We had our guests lined up for a little bit and we just kept pushing it back a week, pushing it back a week because I just knew it'd be much better once I got hooked up to Matt Zarb's Wi-Fi and I was back in Ostrom Ave here in Syracuse. So happy to be here. Uh, I've skated twice already since I got back. We've been ripping the stick and pucks. We had like a joint stick and puck practice with the women's NCAA team yesterday. Got in some scrimmage time with them, some three-on-three cross ice. So that was pretty fun. Getting to meet the new recruits and everything has been great. And it's just, it's nice. I'm, I'm curious, Collins, what your thoughts on syllabus week are. I think syllabus week gets harder and harder every year. I think maybe since COVID and the online Zoom calls, I think professors are just jumping right into things here. I don't, I remember freshman year, like not doing work until like week two. The last couple of times around, I feel like it's just been, they're jumping right into it. I don't know what your thoughts are on from your experience today. For me, like my entire time at Villanova, like I've at least always had one class that's already had reading before the first class on syllabus week. But this year I didn't have any of that, but I just found out today for my general history class, like one of the core recs, I have a hundred pages of reading due next week. That might be a drop. We'll see. We don't know about that one yet. Yeah, that's tough. Word of advice, make sure you know when the ad drop period is. I got stuck 
no, it was fall of last year. I had to take like a yoga class to make up for it because I hung on to Latin for too long. And then when I dropped it, I lost four credits. And then now I'm taking 18 as a senior. So not fun, but we'll get into that next week. And I'll let you guys know how syllabus week goes for me. Not much news considering how much time we've taken off, but we do have some exciting things to mention. We are now an official partner of the ACHA, which means if you go on the ACHA homepage and you scroll, the Hockey House logo is right there at the bottom of the page. We have company at the bottom. I'm looking it up now. We got Hockey House Pod, Hockey TV, USA Hockey, Howie's Hockey. I mean, those are the ringers and we're right with them in the bottom right corner. We're super excited about this. Wanted to give a shout out to Craig Barnett. He's been a huge supporter of us. Uh, wanted to give him a shout out too because he just linked a five-year deal with the ACHA. Not sure what the cash considerations are on, on that one are for Mr. Barnett. He deserves it. And you know, we cover the ACHA and the CHF, but he welcomed us in with open arms when we went down nationals and excited for the future of the league with him at the helm but yeah pretty cool now uh, we are listed as an official partner it leads off with the hockey house as the leading and definitive media outlet covering the acha so i know herm had had some to do with that wording i think thank you to the acha for doing that and other news i think the, the big news is as a guy who watched liberty hockey videos on youtube when i was getting into acha like they are like maybe not the titles part but like they're the yankees they're the lakers liberty is like the brand in the acha just because of their exposure that they give and they're going to look a little different this year they have a new look brought to you by jog i think they're gorgeous jerseys i love the the light blues i want to give a shout out caroline sellers friend of the program she designed the jerseys did a phenomenal job i think the light blue is kind of playing off of the baseball team and the viral video that they had with the light blue unis with the script but i like it a little less red a little more light blue should be exciting when they hit the ice but a different look than what we're used to seeing from liberty i feel like they've had their jerseys for a while now and i don't know if they were iconic but you know when you saw liberty you knew what you were getting yeah and to kind of double down on your point about like liberty being the yankees or the lakers of the acha like being from maryland we don't have a ton of college hockey exposure you know all those those big name ACHA schools, we never really saw any, you know, too much hockey East or anything like that. So I think it's really cool what they're doing. They kind of stole Villanova's thunder a little bit with the light blue. I feel like that's our, our job. You know, they beat us to it. Uh, stay tuned if maybe we'll get some light blue jerseys in, uh, in the future and try to one up them. But I got a couple texts from teammates and it was like a, a lot of ACHA teams with the script jerseys since Q switched. And I was like, well, you guys are just being silly because Liberty has had the script red jersey for like eight years now. Appalachian State also went with the script jersey, gorgeous gold. I want to get some merch from them. If anyone from App State's listening, uh, I could use like an App State hockey shirt maybe an XL uh, I could say, you know, I, the Mountaineer logo I think is awesome with, he's like got the pipe in his mouth. If we're also talking about programs that have sent merch our way, I got to give a shout out to Florida who is sending something over to me. Collins is face palming right now. Cause I beat him to the punch on the Jersey because we both had access to our DMS and I got a text from him. It was like, why'd you beat me to that? And I was like, I haven't gotten anything for free yet. This was a, a big W shout out to Florida. There are any other programs that want to have jerseys on our walls and in our closets, we would greatly, greatly appreciate those. Yeah. You got to go to the supply closet, anything extra that you're getting rid of gladly send her away. We'll make some content with it in the background. I'll even put some space up here. We can move the hockey house Jersey. Now that we got the hats, the CHF, I want to throw them in the mix. They all, they had partnered with elite prospects since we last talked and Ribeiro hockey to host a college hockey showcase in North Carolina, which is pretty cool to see jog does the ACHA prospect showcase is pretty much the same thing. It was kind of like a combine event for guys looking to explore the CHF and in North Carolina, that market, there's so many schools in the South that are now in the CHF. So I think that's really cool, especially you know, with the success of the Hurricanes and how much hockey has grown in the North Carolina region. I know NC State has been pretty successful in ACHA D2 recently, but really cool to see, you know, people are advertising, you know, showcases for non-NCAA hockey, which is great to see. Another, you know, shout out to the ACHA, big feature in USA Hockey recently. First saw us, my dad sent it my way, so he actually beat me to the news, but really cool article, kind of some insight on what the ACHA is. I remember I was an avid reader of USA Hockey when I was a kid because every kid registered with USA Hockey gets one at their door. I always used to send in a drawing to try to get, you remember they had that in the back, they had all the drawings from kids. My older brother was in it one time. I never got 
got my submission put in, but we got to get a kid to draw the hockey house logo and get that to USA Hockey in the in the back of the article. Forget getting it to USA Hockey. We should have ACHA players draw stuff with crayons and send it our way. I think that's what we we should do. Instead of a graphic design feature, like <laughs> just let it be that. Maybe we do that when we go to nationals. We do some content. You know, the NFL they had the rookies draw the logos without looking. We'll have guys draw, see if they can draw their team logo without looking because those are hilarious. But really cool to see USA Hockey. I mean, it just talks about how college hockey has been around for so long and like has not added very many teams since the NHL expanded. More kids are playing hockey in the United States, not more hockey teams for these kids to play on. And the ACHA has been a huge outlet for that. So the article goes a lot into that. And you know, the coaches who've kind of made the league lately. Herm, want to dive into the Missouri State video? I thought that was greatly done. It almost looked like a movie trailer when I, I saw it. And I was like, are, are they getting a show on Disney Plus? Like it kind of looked like the Mighty Ducks Game Changer commercial. It's funny that you mentioned the production level because Validate Films is actually the company that did Last Chance You on Netflix. That's why it looks so good. It is top-notch work and Collins you've been on those film sets too and stuff for ESPN you can attest to this like this was AA1 I know we it's nauseating with the degree that we bring him up I think the only team that I've seen match this is probably Liberty I guess is there any other ACHA team one through three or CHF that has something to that degree of like professionalism I mean probably the stuff that Zach did was pretty close at NC State. Uh, I mean, maybe not movie quality because he was just one guy, but really cool to see, especially, you know, such a, a, a rabid fan base that they have. And, you know, they pack the place every night. So really cool to see. Uh, first off, I've never been on ESPN production set. Uh, I've never worked at ESPN. I'm thinking of Pat. That's what I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of the other guy in Pennsylvania. God damn it. <laughs> You're supposed to take that one, Collins. You don't say anything. You take those and you run with that. <laughs> nah, I'm a man of my word. Shout out to Pat McGinley. He's been working on like movie sets all summer. He was the captain at Drexel last year. I guess next time Collins can't make the show and we need another Philly guy, we'll have him come on. I got to say, though, I was really pissed when I saw the Stanley Cup hype video like before game one and saw Drexel logos. And I was like, why isn't that us? Why isn't that us? I was so mad. But no, I mean, working in advertising all summer, I, th I still think that Missouri State video was absolutely crazy. Um, the, the production level was absolutely insane. And I'm glad that, you know, there are big production firms out there that are willing to work with ACHA teams, uh, considering the limited budgets we have. So I think that's awesome. I, I guess I'll break this on the pod. In terms of great production quality, we just added a six-person media team at Villanova. So we're now going to have, we have three videographers, a photographer, another graphic designer, and then I have promoted myself to creative director. So we're going to have a monthly docu-series coming out, which is going to be awesome. So we're going to have a videographer, uh, hopefully traveling with us to like Buffalo, Pittsburgh, all that stuff. So it should be a good time. Well, before it was just me. I was running everything when I was a, a healthy scratch. But this year, I honestly still will most likely be a healthy scratch. But we'll see. Hopefully, they, I actually get some playing time this year, especially against Syracuse. I want to. Can I get a cameo in this documentary on, no on November 11th? <laughs> that would be insane. I'm looking forward to that game. That game should be sick. We're planning on packing that barn. Oh, I mean, it's it's undoubtedly going to be the hockey house game of the week i mean tell like barstool nova that it's like hockey house game of the week and just advertise it as that we'll pack the place yeah we tried to do that when we played temple and they're like no so cuse is a bigger brand than temple right like don't people at nova they love the old big east and it's nostalgic i i think people get fired up for the other thing it's a revenge game for me because i didn't get accepted to villanova so i i, I carry that with me every day <laughs> I got an email from coach in September said, Hey, tryouts are this week. And I was just like in my dorm at Syracuse. So revenge game, watch out. Well, that coach is no longer at Villanova. So we're sorry about that. And uh, we wish you were accepted at, at Villanova. It is what it is. Uh, before we move on, I want to give a shout out to the guys on Missouri state who had to wear black 
practice jerseys and like get checked in the promo video. I don't know if you guys watch it back through, but guys in their game jerseys and there's like a handful of guys and there's like a goalie and a couple other guys in black jerseys, like being the, the other team. Uh, shout out to those guys. That's not an easy job to do, but someone's got to do it. Stick taps this week. I know I mentioned it earlier, but the hats are great from Selly Hockey and they are officially sold out. The last one went off the shelf today. So we want to thank all of our supporters. Really cool to see that the people are buying the merch and we've got more of it coming. They let us know that we're probably a month out on the Hockey House hoodies that are on their way. They're coming by boat. Be ready for those to drop in the fall. It'll be perfect. Hoodie season will come around. Everyone will have one. Keep you guys updated on that, so be on the lookout for those. But thank you so much for your support. Throwing it over to our other sponsor, Optimex Sports huge news out of their department this week. This has been in the works for a while. I think we talked with Shuey about this probably months ago at this point that this was being developed, but they just released a new feature this week that they're super excited about. You can now add a team store to your site. A team store is going to allow you to sell tickets, merchandise, and even have people make payments, which I'm assuming is going to be for dues. Like if guys got to pay dues, they can pay through the website portal, but they've been developing this technology for a while. And of course, this episode is brought to you by Optimex. We're having Ethan McKinley on which is great to see longtime supporter of the show. He plays at Oklahoma and uh, he transferred last semester, given a shot at NCAA hockey on the East coast, but he's been huge in their leadership group this off season. And like I said, this is sponsored by Optimex and they provide you the opportunity to build and manage your own website. The best part, like we say, your first year is free, right? first year is free. We know how important it is spending money budgets this time of year. Be sure to check them out using the link in our bio. And if you're interested in signing up, be sure to use our referral link at optimexports.com slash sign up slash hockey house pod. Lots of teams jumping on the bandwagon. Oswego State, Ohio D2, Niagara CHF, U Tampa, St. Thomas, Christopher Newport, Auburn, Utah State, all linked with OptumX since we last spoke. Uh, so we're super excited for those teams and just as excited for our interview with Ethan McKinley this week. We're pleased to be joined by friend of the show, Oklahoma Sooner and rising sophomore from Odessa, Texas, number four, Ethan McKinley. Ethan, welcome to the Hockey House. It's great to have you on. Great to be here, Murph. Great to see Herm also. How are you doing? Ethan, I'm doing wonderful, man. Utica is, is treating me well. It's great to see you on. This is like a, a full circle moment right here. As someone who's probably like the most avid listener of the Hockey House podcast, like we have not had anyone come on quite yet wearing the, the merch. So this is a, a first for us. So very, very exciting stuff today. Yeah, for sure. I remember uh, meeting your brother and then also uh, you in Connecticut and uh, just fell in love with um, your family and obviously your jersey wall that you and Alex uh, shared when you were with Connecticut Chiefs helping out with Alex. Yeah. I had no clue you were even a part of this until I listened to, I think, the Baylor episode. And then I heard your voice. I'm like, wait, Herman's a part of this? And so I quickly it was a big bandwagon of uh, following y'all. And obviously it was a big factor in me even coming to Oklahoma is your podcast, which uh, obviously we'll probably go into. Yeah, let's let's jump into it right now. I mentioned it to start like growing up in the South and playing hockey. What was that like? Like at what age did you jump into hockey? Talk about growing up, you know, in Texas. Yeah, so my story is very unique. Born and raised in Odessa, Texas. If any football fans out there, that's home of Friday Night Lights. To this day, high school football shuts down the city Friday nights, Saturday mornings, um, businesses open later. So I grew up playing um, when I at four because I actually got kicked out of YMCA for being uh, too physical during soccer when I was three. I really didn't have an option to play any other sports besides hockey. Um, I got into the local uh, Odessa Jackals and CHL. Now they're in the NHL. Just absolutely loved it and kept growing and now here I am right here. Talk a little bit about Odessa because believe it or not, I think I mentioned this before, we used to do snake drafts on the bus rides to games and uh, we did a snake draft of cities in the Nall that we would play in and none of us have ever played in the Nall. So like we were just guessing. Odessa was pretty high up there, I think in terms, because we had Tim Kalinowski, he's a huge football guy. So he was like, oh, I'm going to go to Texas, you know, Friday Night Lights. But, you know, like the movie and everything, like football is huge down there. What was it like, you know, the hockey side of things in in growing up in maybe a non-traditional hockey market. For me, I absolutely fell in love with it. Behind me, I have one of my uh, favorite players, Adam Doyle. He's the player who I, that's why I wear my number. It's not because of Bobby Orr, it's because of Adam Doyle. And so professional guys that mentored me, which there's still a core of those guys really, were really good to the community. And um, whenever there isn't football, kind of taking away the crowd, um, it was the place to be at a Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday midday game. Even right now with the NAHL, they do a really great job 
of outreaching. And right now they only have one rink, obviously, with the youth hockey population continuing to grow. Um, I have no doubts there will be another community rink over there. It looks like you played a little bit of high school hockey in Texas. At what point did you kind of decide like, all right, if I you know want to keep playing hockey, I'm going to have to kind of go to the East Coast and you know play at a higher level? I figured that out very young. Dallas, I played for multiple teams and one of them was obviously the Dallas Stars Elite. I played AAA hockey there, but I played some AA um, here and there um, bouncing around because of just financial stuff. I realized at a very young age, 14, 15, 16, with Seth Jones making the ranks for, as a Texas guy and Blake Coleman too, I need to go up north. Now the issue is I had no landscape of where to go. So I kind of jumped into the river and figured out where to go for juniors, which that ended up being in New England to start. You went to the Islanders, a little action with the Wolfpack, and then you went out west for, for some junior hockey in Utah. Talk about that experience. I think when you look at the the environments that you can play in in the Western States League, like that is up there with the Mustangs. Yeah, the Mustangs were um, pretty much a gift from God. I had um, no clue where I was going after I was done with the Wolfpack my second year playing juniors. And I got a phone call from their head coach and just pretty much nonchalant answering. He's like, hey, watch our uh, championship matchup against El Paso. And I absolutely loved it. And I I remember going to youth hockey, going to El Paso. And so I'm like, I'm on board. I want to do this. And when I went there, it was the best year and a half of hockey of my life. I love the coach. I love the culture there. Fans coming out. And uh, we even saw Weber State. Um, I had a guy, um, Ryan Schneide, which is an, another Odessa guy. He's linking to the ACHA. He was the starting goaltender of uh, Weber State over there. So I watched a handful of those games um, on top of playing in Ogden. Yeah, and that rink is gorgeous, uh, right? It's got the the windows in the back. I remember the Weber State guys were saying that like sometimes the sun sets and it's sun the sun rises and you can just see it through the glass. Yeah, and then like when it's snowing, you see the deer just running out. And sometimes we're just on the bench during uh, flow drills, and we just see just deer just first big off during the springtime, and it's it's a beautiful mountain with that window. Your time in Ogden came to a close, and and you came back to the East Coast, played a little time in the, in the EHL. Uh, which we've mentioned a couple times on the pod. EHL is kind of where you found your first home with college hockey. Walk us through the process, you know, getting you to Anna Maria. Yeah, so the process was very rushed and uh, chaotic. I went to Connecticut Chiefs for 10 games purely just to scout myself and actually do tours of schools. Uh, my coach in Ogden wanted me to do it after the season, but I had a feeling, I had a gut feeling, I was like, I, I should do this now. And so I probably did probably close to eight to 10 visits. Um, and the one I actually didn't visit was Anna Maria because COVID hit. And so during that COVID stop, you know, everyone was radio silence, no one was going on. And then by the time uh, July came around, Anna Maria called said, hey, we're going to try a season, um, get enrolled in school. Here's your financial setup. And so I went with that direction, going to Anna Maria. Yeah, that's an insane time. When you were touring schools, were there any, what are some of the schools that you did get to tour before COVID hit? I toured uh, a lot of the Worcester ones. So Worcester State, I toured Nichols. Um, I actually lived next to Nichols um, with my first junior team. I played for the Islanders Hockey Club. Um, I went to a handful in um, Connecticut. I forgot one. There was one that was a Division II NCAA one that I'm blanking on right now. But um, I toured about uh, Post. Eight post, yep. I'm, I toured Post and Post was up there. Um, that was what my second option to go to is Post. And so you get to Anna Maria, kind of at like the height of COVID. Everyone's trying to figure out what's going to happen during that 2020-2021 season. Kind of walk us through your experience there and what was drawing you to looking at other schools once you got there. Those first two semesters were just obviously COVID canceled everything. And so I actually went to Minnesota for an internship with FCA Hockey, just trained for the following season. So when I came back, it was a training camp with probably 45 to 50 plus guys. I was in that middle role of making the NCAA team. And then they had a thing called JV hockey, which ended up being the Anna Maria CHF team that was just newly uh, introduced uh, that following season. And so I did three uh, preseason games at um, Mort Dennett Count with uh, the CHF program and still doing both practices. And then during the first opening weekend of the NCAA Division Three stuff, I wasn't on the lineup as well as uh, school was really dragging a lot. COVID really affected the uh, atmosphere of just like the people as well as um. I was a pre-med major and a nursing program was getting a lot of steam for not doing the checklist right. And obviously the backup of a year into um, pre-med people wanting to get into pre-med. And so just from all aspects, it, kept, it felt like things were closing in. And so I was just going to look at another option, which um, that's when I started um, reaching out to people. So 
I guess I can come in here because this is literally where I wind up coming into the story. Yeah, I was just about to say, Herm, time for you to turn on your mic. Like this is oh, where yeah, you get time involved. For him. Yeah. So, so why don't you tell everyone uh, about the phone call you made and what wound up happening with your collegiate hockey journey? Yeah. So um, I made a couple phone calls to NCAA schools and I wasn't getting anything back. Um, nothing was really working out. I wanted to stay in NCAA because obviously hockey credibility, if I want to continue, you got have that tier. And I felt all hope was lost. And I called Herman because I was listening to Hockey House and I recalled him just, I knew he was an encyclopedia of information. I reached out. I was like, Hey, Herm, like, like, do you have any information? Do you have this coach's phone number? Cause I, I think I asked for a single coach and he's like, I got more than that. And he sent me your spreadsheet of every single program known to man. Some programs we've never heard of that really helped me. And after I had a phone call with you, Literally in my big search, I had probably 20 schools. I emailed them out immediately that same day. I probably got eight or nine phone calls while at work because um, obviously that's just how um, much the ACHA wants players and obviously want to communicate with guys. I remember, I think you put me on speaker and I was talking to your mom, um, Amanda. Now, first I was like, hey, Mrs. McKinley, how's it going? I want to try and help Ethan get into the best spot possible. This is what I have to offer for him. I just happened to put this all together and you are the first person to get to utilize it in the way that I envisioned it. Murph, as as you saw me going along this process, I was like, maybe a kid winds up using this. And you happen to be that kid who goes from frustrating environment with a D3 school to so much better of a home ACHA environment. I was so, so ecstatic when you wound up using the Almanac for its desired purpose. Yeah, and I thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I would do anything. I rode through a wall for you, Herb, because like you really helped me in a rough spot. And Honestly, like I'm guy number one, but I know there's multiple other guys that will use and have probably used it to just be in a better culture. Um, Anna Maria culture wasn't my culture. That was it. It wasn't um, because I wasn't playing. It wasn't because of school. It wasn't because of one single factor. It was just the yeah, overall just arc of everything that was transpiring over there that led me to Oklahoma. So the coach told me that it was the CHF team, which it was no joke, five lines of forwards, three lines of D and five goalies all on a bench. And uh, he said it was kind of my tryout phase of making the team. And he wanted to see me in a game like situation since obviously COVID paused us for a full out year. And so it was kind of a tryout break in phase um, that I was informed of and saying that I still had a shot of playing on the team. Gotcha. And any memorable moments that you had while you were playing for, for those teams, plural, I should say? Oh, yeah. Well, one I could say, um, which is fun, is um, we play in our games, both NCAA and uh, CHF. We probably brought in probably like you say two, three, four hundred people. Um, some of them were um, other classmates or the women's hockey team coming in. And then no joke, you try to get out of this rink because it's one of those uh, FMC rinks. 900 middle school, high school children are trying to barge in and get into public skate right after. So like everyone's just elbowing each other, just scooting out. Um, I have also have another story of an away game. I uh, helped fix the Zamboni because the new guy didn't know how to how to zam it. And um, I came out warmups and I'm like, I need to go help this guy. So we got a game going from there. I actually played Babson. We ran out pucks. So warmups, we only had 10 pucks because the locker rooms were locked. So we only had enough for warmups. And we ended up shooting all 10 out. And the ref stood in between the benches like, hey, if we don't have a puck, then we got to cancel. Like, we can't play hockey without a hockey puck. And then a fan from their little student section tossed on a puck. I could tell you multiple other things between that, but those are the fun memories that I really like. Is there video footage of the fan throwing out the puck? Because I gotta I gotta see this to believe it, honestly. Honestly, it's probably a deep archive in Light Barn. I know none of these games were filmed, but um it was at Babson. Um I could give you the date if you want to dig into that. But um it was hysterical of that just scenario just like we literally ran out of pucks and the ref was willing to cancel the game because of that. Ethan, did you ever cross paths with Louis Shanks uh, at your time at Anna Maria? No, that doesn't uh, ring a bell at all. Yeah, I think he was a year before you, but I mean, pretty similar path. I mean, he, not to trash talk Anna Maria, right? Everyone's got their own path, but very similar story, like played junior hockey growing up, committed to Anna Maria. I'm looking now. It looks like he was there 18, 19, and the 1920. 
yeah, playing on the NCAA team, and then COVID hit, and uh, he ended up transferring to Missouri State, and obviously he's gone on to do wonderful things at Missouri State, and to the point where he fell in love with rollerblading and then rollerblading across the country. So like, it's just amazing that I think as hockey players, a lot of guys forget, and it's so hard to realize until you get older. But like, we all want to play college hockey, and everyone's so driven to do it and do whatever it takes. And then like, you get to that age where it's time to decide where to go. And so many guys are only looking at the same eight schools in Western Massachusetts opposed to like there's 250 other schools. It's not NCAA hockey, but you might have better mental health. You might have the major you want. You might get to play in front of a better environment. Uh, it's just it's insane. And that's I guess you're living proof that what we're doing is is working. And so that's why we're so excited to have you on. Yeah. And um, obviously, like with some the ACHA, like if you due to hockey track record, like there's guys from the ACHA playing ECHL, Fed, obviously with Fitz playing there, and like guys going overseas, and a lot of the guys in the ACHA who are foreign players, they go out and play for their home countries and really are very successful. We had a guy here, um, Simon, he was from, he actually played some games in the Dell about three or four years ago. He's a foreign exchange student, just joined our team last season. He was, he was kind of a rock star, and so it's amazing the opportunities that the ACHA just grows out. Obviously, NCAA, it's tiny, but obviously having the same credibility of NCAA, it's just obviously ACHA, it's us running things uh, behind the scenes. So you make it to Norman, Norman, Oklahoma. What is the culture like at such like a, a rah-rah football school when it comes to their hockey program? It was amazing. The first week we did like the like skates backs like from New Year's and even the skates were very competitive, very fast. And then on campus, you just felt that buzz. You felt the big experience. Football, I get to experience it now in the next couple of weeks, which um, there's some exciting things about that. We were um, engaging with the uh, basketball teams as well as OU softball here is like an animal in itself. Just all the sports culture with how confidently they drive their programs here and academics and um, just the way we like the way you just got to do your best in everything you do. It really motivates me playing for the hockey team here and like looking in the stands. We have fans, we have loyal people who really drive us to um, be successful. And obviously like we're getting, bring a culture of just a rowdy hockey rink. I guess in my early days of trying to figure out what the ACHA was, I remember like Oklahoma having a team and seeing that they did it. And I've, I've been saying my, my brother's a huge college football nut. And I've been saying like, you got it. You got to go to OU. Like you, you got to find a way to get there and play there because it'd be such a sick environment. Again, this is probably one of the longer times we've done this, but what is your welcome to the ACHA moment once you get to Oklahoma and you play in your first game? I would say my first welcome to ACHA moment was uh, my first game against Alabama. First period was a mess. It was kind of a messy thing. Both my blades were dull. I couldn't skate. I was Bambi the first period. So we were down, I think, 1-0, 2-0 after intermission. So we got in the locker room and uh, we're just cooling down, drinking, you know, what we usually do. All of a sudden behind me, a door slams open. This guy comes in, no joke. He has like this like hat afro on and has um, an OU hockey jersey on. Just looks like an absolute fan. And uh, he's like, come on, boys. Let's go. You can do this. You got three periods left. Hit hard. Boom, our sooner. Let's go. And I'm like, I look to my teammate to my left. I'm like, who is this guy? Is he allowed to do this? And he's like, yeah, that's Mr. OU. So there's a big fan that um, follows all sports. And he came to our game that day and just came in the locker room and just did a speech in itself. And the coach was all right with it. The guys knew what was going on. And I was like, this is new. Like I had never experienced this in my life. So that's awesome. Was there, I remember seeing a video. Was there a scuffle after one of those games with Alabama? Yes, there's a scuffle. And um, honestly, I don't know how it happened. It was like one of those like chain reaction things. And um, it really didn't turn into anything, but guys were kind of uh, getting a little salty after that second game. Yeah, it was, there was a little scruffle, none too big. It was one of those ones where because of the Jersey matchup, it looked like a inner squad scrimmage brawl, like with all the, the crimson and white in there. Yeah, I for sure did. Yeah, the only difference you could tell is like the white stripe on uh, Alabama's helmet. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much the only difference. Same color schemes. It's very clear that once you got to OU, you enjoyed, you were starting to enjoy hockey more and the environment was great. Walk us through the rest of the season, you know, because you joined halfway through. What was that like coming into that environment, being a transfer? How did the guys welcome you in? Kind of like that experience with getting settled in. 
the guys uh, welcomed me in with open arms and really showed me the ropes of uh, how to get stuff done on campus, on and off the ice. At that point, it was like go time. We were in a spot where if we won a stretch of games, we could have qualified for nationals. Obviously, throughout the stretch, um, just little things between us complaining and uh, uh, ref issues, which um, at the end of the day, like you've got to play with what you got. We uh, lost some big games to ASU, uh, Utah, as well as UCO. We played them three times um, that second semester. And if we beat them once or twice, or we got a couple games uh, together winning, we probably would have been a bit more successful than the season turned out to be. And one of the teams that you guys crossed paths with and, and weren't able to come out on top was UCO. And they ended up going on a run all the way to the national championship game. I know that's a huge rival. You guys are going to be sharing a rink, right, this year. Talk about that rivalry and what it was like to play in that environment. That rivalry is something else. And um, we got our fans and they got their passionate fans. It's skin and bones. Just every hit is a high hit. You got to kind of protect yourself a bit more uh, out there. But um, we just know what it means. Like UCO has credibility of being national championships. And obviously this last year going to the semi, I'm going to the finals. And while for us, we want to prove that we're the big guys. And uh, obviously OU's logo holds more value. We feel like that. We want to, we want that success and we need to, uh, obviously UCO is the guy to beat in our conference with a couple other teams. But um, yeah, those games are fun. I know half some of those guys on those teams I played with or played against. And so it's really fun to play against those guys. Herm, in terms of fans that were very passionate that we met at Nationals, I mean, they were heavily outnumbered in the National Championship, but they brought the noise and they brought the noise all tournament long. How annoying is that train horn at the at the rink? Oh my God. I I absolutely hate that train horn. During games, if I'm a fan, the two things I hate is fan horns and cowbells. As a player, I don't hear the cowbells, but the train horn is so annoying. It's, uh, it, it, and obviously it's like in the roof. And so it just so loud. It's so um, unnecessary, I feel like, but um, that's what they do. And so that's gamesmanship for you. Yeah, I was gonna say the first time I saw one of the videos, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this place is buzzing." There's the they got the guy who they for him they had that photo of the guy jumping like on top of the dasher board to celebrate with yeah. the fans and the, the train horns just echoing throughout the place. People are stomping on the bleachers. They went nuts. Like it was it was a lot of fun to to publish content about them this season. Um, but look, I mean, we expect just as quality of stuff from Oklahoma this coming season. So the the standard is is there. You guys just got to make it. So while we're on the subject, I mean, we'll dive back into your Zamboni maintenance and your rink manager experience in a bit here. But while we're talking about hockey in Oklahoma, hard to not talk about the game against Oklahoma State. I know you mentioned earlier that you were listening to the Baylor episode when you kind of first started listening to the Hockey House and Oklahoma State learned a lot from Baylor's first year and uh, saw the success in you know, getting a hockey team and they hopped in and, and got a team. And now you guys are actually going to face off against them. How cool is that that you know you're growing the game of college hockey in Oklahoma by facing off against them in Tulsa. It's amazing. Jacob over there, uh, Jacob uh, Thompson, he is the foundation guy. I met him officially Tuesday, but we've been talking for the last couple of months, piecing together Bedlam, as well as just like normal how to order gear and how to do this and working with sponsorships because obviously they're new to this and he's running this thing with a couple of players, high horsing and their social media platform is very high right now. And I really like it. Obviously, we each, we're going to try our best to uh, match that with the people we got here at OU. Obviously, in Oklahoma, Bedlam is one of the biggest rivalries in Oklahoma. And so, like, that's OSU and OU. Uh, we call Bedlam uh, uh, UCO as well, but people recognize the two big brother, little brother kind of schools. We love to obviously not only play against them, but put it on a platform Tulsa Oilers gave us to really expose the sport and be like, hey, this is the future of if this team could be NCAA Division One, both of them, like imagine a Bedlam Southern kind of showcase, like a bean pot down south with like the SEC or um, obviously with um, whatever division um, hockey we would fall into if that happens. Yeah, it's awesome to see. I, we get pumped every time teams do this. Two of the Southern schools, it was Vanderbilt and someone, Vanderbilt and Middle Tennessee, they played each other outdoors when the stadium series was in Nashville. Anytime teams can play in bigger rinks and kind of showcase, you know, the game and, and it definitely helps, you know, bedlam on ice. I mean, that gets people's heads turning and 
and wanting to come out because like you said, that rivalry is so fierce. They don't care what sport it is. If it's volleyball, they're going to show up. If it's basketball, baseball, football, people want to see that. And I mean, the Tulsa Oilers draw really well. Like I hope, I hope there's a good crowd too on, on that night. And uh, I'm sure the content that comes out of that and the videos and photos will be awesome. I'm just envisioning the Oklahoma guy like absolutely screaming his head off for an OU Oklahoma State game at chess, pumped up for like the most mundane, like low energy environments. He's just like the pawn moves, just like, let's go, like fired up about it, like completely, completely into it. One of the things I wanted to, to tie back is, as you're mentioning that you're going through and, and talking with someone who's who's working with a, a fledgling program, you've had experience with the Almanac as something as a recruit, like a handbook. If you had to go and be a part of writing a manual for starting a brand new ACHA club. What are some of the essential things that you would put in that? Murph, you can chime in on this too, as someone who's been in leadership for a club. Um, I would start by obviously you need connections on campus. You need people to, um, from all aspects between faculty to students on campus to you name any business around. Um, here at OU, the reason hockey's been here for so long is connections that we've had with uh, faculty, as well as just the um, long-term relationships we've had with businesses and people who their kids play youth hockey because they've seen Oklahoma Sooners or they're from Minnesota and they just moved down to Oklahoma for the oil business. And uh, they are still involved with um, um, hockey very much or even veterans that come down. We have a vet, uh, Oklahoma uh, Warriors veteran team that um, fully um, supportive of us as well as we are of them and it just the hockey community you need the hockey community you need the school community together to really try to start something and obviously like you know how much it costs to run one of these things it's it's a lot yeah i would say connections is a huge one I would also say cooperation is a huge thing. I think a lot of times we like to complain about, you know, getting a bad hand from club sports or the universities, but it's really just because we are an added thing. Like they don't have to have us, right? So I think you I learned it at a very very quickly that cooperating with the school as much as you can so that when something does need to change, you can go hey, say hey, like we've been playing by the rules, we would like blank to change. Because if you're not playing by the rules, you're just a headache for them. And then they're never going to say yes to anything. So uh, that that was my you know big takeaway early on. I guess you knew what you were getting into a little bit when you transferred to OU. Uh, I'm sure you didn't expect to take on quite a, a leadership role in the offseason this year. But how has that transition been for you? The transition as of right now is really good. Now, if you talk to me about five or six months ago, it was an absolute headache. What happened was just like things didn't pan our way. And now we got to share a rink with uh, UCO and OSU and practice at Blazers. So now we got two rinks to uh, talk to and obviously balance things out. That transition was really rough. Obviously, um, one of the big things was um, just getting it all set out and getting the information. For those who might be out of the loop with the situation, what was it that caused you guys to have to look for a new home? Ownerships of the rinks decided that the Wichita Warriors were going to take Blazers Ice Center as the home rink. And so in return, they uh, negotiated with us to um, have all college home games at um, Arctic Edge Ice Arena next season. And so that really put us in the loop of all that stuff. But Ripple affecting it, our head coach um, quit the day it was announced, our GM um, resigned about two or three weeks following. Our leadership really didn't know what to do because our team was always focused on play hockey and whatever happens back door, the adults will handle. In 2020 vision, they did not handle it. And so um, people like me and people like um, some other kids on campus, um, one of our parent GM, uh, we have a parent GM now, um, Brad Bassett, and he really helped me negotiating with obviously the adult conversations of getting our tracks back on and really paving the way of this next season. And so not only are you doing that, but you were also working at the rink. How quickly did you get involved with, um, you know, doing the Zamboni and all the behind the scenes stuff at Blazer? February. So pretty much immediately. And so um, I have past experience of working at rinks. I absolutely love the rinks. I love playing hockey. I love helping little guys. I jumped right in and took over with helping with zamming and ice maintenance and uh, you name it. I've done it there um, as well as my other oddball jobs with the rinks. I just absolutely love just the construction and just the way you go about it. And obviously building ice is one of my favorite things. And so we just built up 
the Warriors ice rink this last couple of weeks. And it's really, it looks pretty. They actually have a pink Whitney banner on the big pedestal in the background, which I was a little jealous. I was like, oh, that would be amazing to have for OU. It has been difficult working to get game slots at Arctic Edge because of there being two other college teams that need to play there on the weekends as well. Um, there's going to be a lot of double headers this coming up season. And so that's the way they're balancing things out because we all bring in a crowd between us, UCO and OSU. Throughout the summer, uh, we were talking with the commissioner of our division, uh, Chris Perry, as well as all three other members of um, our Oklahoma circle and the whole league, because obviously it was a ripple effect trying to balance out the schedules and make sure teams are coming at the right times. And like, you know, it's it's a big shift. They figured we figured it out. Got a lot of double headers of 415 to 745 drop puck drops and um so far it's going to work out um to the benefit of all three of us that's great to hear and outside of those teams lots of travel for you out there talk about you know the road trips that you've had what was the longest bus ride you had in that semester when you joined the guys and you know any funny memories you might have had from being on the bus with the boys Oh my gosh. So uh, I bust to Missouri last year and also uh, Utah and Utah was a hike. And I laugh because like I had some old fans from uh, Ogden come out and like cheer, uh, cheer on us uh, Sooners. We did that whole bus ride overnight, 20 ish hours. And that next day, clearly you saw the scoreboard showed we lost that game like eight to one or eight to two. Like we had zero legs. Guys couldn't breathe. That next game, we were a lot better, a lot cleaner. Besides that, funny road trip stories. Um, that weekend was Super Bowl weekend. So got a monitor, which one of the guys was using it for homework. And we connected this Super Bowl in the back of the bus. And all the guys were back there shoved up, leaning on each other, like with the bumps watching the Super Bowl that night um, because we didn't get home in time to sit down and watch it and enjoy ourselves. That's amazing. I remember we watched a couple and we watched a couple of playoff games on bus rides home. We had a lot of Saturday, Sunday series last year, but going to that Utah game was that second game, right? That you guys won in a shootout where we got the video of the Utah fans throwing, throwing water bottles at you guys. What started that whole thing? And why were the Utah fans so upset with you guys? Oh man, that was so much fun and they were rowdy. It was a good crowd, but um, that night was senior night. And so not only the D1 was D1 team was doing their seniors, but the D2 team came in. So that fan base was mixed with ACHA guys and passionate Utah uh, Ute fans. And so when we won the shootout, um, they were just yapping at our goalie and just really giving them it. And so when we won it, obviously guys were a little happy, a little yelling back up at the crowd. And then um, obviously, that's where the exchange of uh, language, fingers, and uh, souvenir cups were coming flying in. And so, yeah, it was it was, it was a fun uh, atmosphere to walk out of. Yeah, it was really entertaining. Before we kind of move on from last season, were there any other distinctive moments that kind of stand out to you that you're definitely going to remember from your first season at Oklahoma? Missouri State was fun. That was a rowdy barn. They had the football team come out. Just having that atmosphere. Uh, we had an incident at one of our home games where um, we had a fraternity show up and um, it was a frat night and one of them decided to throw a chair on the ice because they didn't like the ref's call. Between that and then um, obviously the guys were amazing, but one of the best ones was um, at the end of season when we played against UCO because you know how that rink structured when you said uh, the guy was standing on the boards like you can see the bottom of the whole stands for warm us we were all skating out and I kid you not there were so many kids lining the whole glass all the boards running around screaming you can imagine the amount wrapping a whole hockey rink and I'm like this is the future this is why we play hockey and uh, I got teared up right there for sure like we played to grow hockey and we play like most of us like we'll be done after we're done playing ACHA but moments like that makes me very confident, very proud of obviously the full circle of just how, how like why we play the game and how awesome it is. Looking at the future, everything's been resolved in the offseason. What are you most looking forward to this year? Well, I'm looking forward to a lot of things. We got a lot of fun stuff planned out. And like the biggest part is getting our players and students here more involved. And so that regarding to social media, filming our games, um, stuff on and off the campus. Um, we got planned a, a football tailgates that we can uh, use for our fees. Um, we got a frat ball, ball hockey tournament we're trying to plan for uh, the spring semester. But uh, hockey-wise, obviously our big matchups with UCO as always. Um, we're going to UNLV um, in the second semester, and we got a showcase in Arctic Edge um, in January, which teams are still getting sorted out of who we're playing because of Lindingwood dropping out. We have a successful season 
planning on coming out. Obviously, it's our 20th anniversary, so we got special patches, and we're trying to get a uh, specially crimson and cream jersey uh, possibly to come out. But uh, we'll, we got to see what uh, um, licensing says about that. And so. Of course, got to jump through a bunch of hurdles before it happens. Before we wrap it up here, I want to give you the chance. Uh, any shout outs you wanted to give? I mean, you your hockey career, you've met so many wonderful people, family members who have been a lot by your side this whole time. I want to give you the chance to, you know, give them a shout out now. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, my uh, mom, my, my dad, Patrick, Amanda, and then my siblings, Mickey and uh, Destiny, um, they were the cornerstone of me continuing to play hockey and really I love playing hockey with them much more um, if any if all else falls. I think uh, my experiences down south as well as all four years of playing juniors where I've ended up. And I thank God for uh, meeting David Herman and uh, really just how God works and connecting you with the right people. And obviously just placing me into Oklahoma and having a new home here and really absolutely really taking advantage of it. And so I really appreciate y'all and I really appreciate um, the people that helped me out. Firm believer. Uh, everything happens for a reason. That's why I don't sweat things when, when bad things happen because it's supposed to happen and everyone's on the right path and you're a, a walking example of that. And we're so happy for you at Oklahoma and uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Once again, thanks to Ethan for joining the show. Really cool to watch, you know, his transition to the ACHA and he has had such a big impact at OU since he got there. We're still shaking off the rust. It was a long summer. We skipped some talking points that we had on the agenda earlier. I just, the momentum, the adrenaline from being back in the studio, it, it caught up to me. Lots of new teams in the ACHA. We had that highlighted. Really cool to see, you know, kind of the expansion that's been going on. Obviously in Division One this year, no Iowa State and no Lindenwood. So minus two teams in Division One, which is interesting because I think a lot of people were under the impression that Lindenwood was going to field D1 team. I know Ethan mentioned it in the interview uh, about a tournament that they were going to have that Lindenwood was supposed to play in. And I think it just kind of fell through the cracks at the end of the year. Not really sure what happened there. And then the unfortunate news of Iowa State not being able to play this season. New teams in Division One: San Diego State, Oregon, Purdue Northwest, and TCNJ are all going to be in Division one U Tampa is going to rejoin the ACHA they're coming over from the CHF they were a D3 member now they're going to be at the D2 level which is great because I think Florida Gulf Coast was really missing that Florida rivalry it would probably save some time on travel not that traveling across Florida is easy but good to see another Florida team you know the teams in D2 AIC is getting a D2 team I think we mentioned that already Drury University is a brand new program excited for that Riviera University Concordia University Ann Arbor the University of San Diego is returning after being shut down due to COVID. M2 is also adding a couple teams who used to play in different divisions. Penn State Berks, which is transitioning from M1. And then Milwaukee School of Engineering, making the jump from Division three and Baylor, University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, all going from D3 to D2, which is awesome to see. Men's D3, we have nine new programs, and it'll push M3 over the 100-member mark for 2022-2023. Crazy. We're talking about the growth of the game, that there are now 100 teams in ACHA D3. New schools, Maryville's getting a D3 team. Drake, University of Southern Indiana, Wheaton, Colorado College, Loyola, Cleary, and Curry College. Women's D1 will add five new teams beginning this season. Jamestown's getting a women's team. Lake Superior State is moving up. Aurora University, Montana State University, and the University of Wyoming, which is great to see the women's one map expand. And then finally, in women's division two, four new teams are going to hit the ice. Niagara University, Oswego State, Holy Cross, and the University of Wisconsin. Lots of new teams in the ACHA, lots of teams jumping around, moving up and down, but all in all, great to see. I'm pretty excited about some of these teams coming in, mainly TCNJ. We played them last year, and we have them twice on our schedule this year. They are they're a good team. They're a heavy-hitting team. They're a lot of fun to play against. I'm looking forward to that, and then it also helps us meet the, uh, the D1 uh, limit. And then also Loyola, Maryland. Shout out to Chase Chelf, uh, somebody I played against in high school. I'm really excited about that. I live on their campus. So I didn't know what they were before. I kind of assumed they were Acha before, but I don't know. I'm glad they they finally found their way there. I guess they were just kind of independent playing other independent club teams, I guess. But yeah, I'm super excited about those two teams. Yeah, it's weird. Some schools like have always had club hockey, but they just don't play in a league. I think it's more like hey, we'll let's just play all the local teams that are near us, whether they're ACHA, CHF, no matter what division, and get games on the schedule. But I mean, we're fortunate at the club hockey level. A lot of club sports don't have nationwide 
organizations that kind of oversee everything. I think the ACHA and now the CHF both do great jobs and making sure that everything's run smoothly and it makes a much better product for the student athletes as well. Herm, you sure I was able to see it yesterday in person, but tell us you got a, a deal and, and you got this gorgeous book. I love a good coffee table book. Anything that you can kind of just flip through and look through. One of my favorites, I actually have it is uh, Fabric of the Game. It's like all about NHL jersey history. I don't have a coffee table in my room, but it's in my bookshelf. Tell us about the book that you just got printed. It was phenomenal looking through it yesterday. I saw advertisements for this company, Saul Digital, S-A-A-L. And I want to preface and say this is not like a sponsored thing by any means, unless they want to. (laughs) In which case, we can for sure talk about that. Saul was doing $150 off their professional photo book line in exchange for your review of the product. I guess this qualifies as the review, so I'm filling my end of the bargain right now. Downloaded their software, took a whole lot of time looking through the entirety of my ACHA photos, picked out the best ones laid them out myself, very, very meticulous in that process. The project actually failed and I had to semi-restart from scratch and there was a little bit of teeth pulling involved with that. Placed the order, got my book in. It is top five coolest things that I own, period. It is insane. Murph saw the cover and was like, this is nuts. Everyone that has seen it in person has been like, the print quality on this is out of this world. I'm going to show you guys. I mean, obviously the audio listeners can't see it, but I'll do my best just to show you guys. Like there's this kind of acrylic sort of cover and it makes it look so much better than like a standard flimsy sort of thing. It looks at like when you put something underneath a glass coffee table, that's kind of what exactly. it reminded me of. When there, when you get full page stuff like this, that's insane. I need you to do me a favor as soon as we're done. You got to send the link to Gav. We got to get a couple of Syracuse hockey books from last year. I know he's going to try to print a couple. You got to send him the link and maybe he can get, you can get a discount code or something for sending, referring somebody. I'm sure. Cause this is, this would be something that like stays in the program for decades. This is out of this world. And I'm so, so happy with the culmination of seeing my work in person just because I've had it all digital and all Instagram and this is a completely completely different experience that'd be a cool thing for like seniors you print up a bunch of all like all their put all their pictures together and give them give them books on senior night or something like that I think that'd be sick or hey maybe Christmas time good gift for the parents too. collect some photos from from the year and, and kind of gift your parents but uh, yeah it was unreal getting to see that yesterday and we posted this on social media and, and we got a lot of funny responses because I knew ahead of time we were going to get some serious responses and some not so serious but funny responses uh, this week's question of the week is what advice would you give to your rookie self a lot of chatter Fitzy is a guy who's no longer playing at the college level looking back what would you say to your freshman self you can kind of go one serious route and then maybe like a what would you jokingly say to another freshman to watch out for in their rookie year the funny answer but not really funny kind of i don't know you'd be the judge i would tell him to just lift and eat more i i, I mean it you know it would have helped but it's kind of funny at the same time. I'm not very funny. So I'll go to the serious one. Don't be intimidated. You know, I, I'm a pretty shy guy going into Indiana. I was, you know, like nervous of like, you know, what are they what are they going to think of me? Like, am I going to make the team? You know, all that's going through your head and you're, you're a freshman, rookie, whatever. You know, the, the minute you get in there, it's hockey's, you know, as we know, it's a super like community-based sport and there's like a brotherhood behind it, especially with the ACHA. So you, you immediately, you know, you see... Like, okay, there's nothing, you know, I don't have to be worried about these big bed seniors in here, this, this coach, like, don't be afraid or intimidated to, uh, to go in there and and just be confident in yourself. I want, I want to piggyback on that for a second, because you just stole both of my answers, (laughs) almost verbatim, stole both of my answers. I cannot believe this. See her, we're both out of college and this is, this is the advice that people need. Go to the gym, because I didn't. And don't be intimidated because I didn't talk to any of the guys my freshman or sophomore year. It was a completely different experience for me. And if I had spent four years in the same sort of vibes that I had in my senior year with how close I was with a whole bunch of the guys, it would have been 
even better of an experience that I had. I was scared because I thought they wouldn't accept me. And I was just the social media guy and no one would give a shit basically. And I stayed away from them. Uh, and that was one of the biggest mistakes I've ever made is not spending more time with them from the jump. Collins, what's, what's your answer? I know your, your freshman year was, was a lot different. So last year was technically your rookie year. Uh, what advice would you give to some rookies out there? Yeah, not so serious. I would say just uh, keep an eye on yourself, I guess, at, the, at some of the parties. And then on, on a more serious note, I, I'd say don't take yourself too seriously. I found myself in some practices beat myself up over some things that probably shouldn't, I shouldn't have beating my, been beating myself up on. Like, you know, some stupid goals that went in, but it's practice. You're there to get better. So don't take yourself too seriously and just kind of enjoy the moment. Enjoy the fact that you're playing hockey and, and you're able to play it at the collegiate level because I sure as hell didn't think that I would be playing college hockey when I was a, a freshman in high school. I, I, I have a lot of different ways to go about this. My first one that comes to mind is don't hit anybody from behind at tryouts. Not that I did that, but I heard a funny story. It was two years before I got here, but Adam Bedford, who played NCAA and ACHA at Trine, transferred to Cuse, and he ran Connor Preston from behind in the first day of tryouts, and they fought. They ended up being like best friends, great teammates together. Tough first start if you're going to hit somebody from behind on the first day of tryouts. Nothing wrong with going out there and laying the body and letting your presence know. Don't hit anybody from behind. Half joking, bring shampoo. Always good to be the guy who has shampoo in their bag. Everybody loves the guy who brings the shampoo, so make sure you bring shampoo You know, first day of tryouts. I feel like we haven't even addressed what I would consider the elephant in the room from your rookie year. Are you going to be pro or anti push-ups as a celebration? Yeah. I mean, I, I was listening to a uh, hockey think tank the other day and one of the guys on there was like talking about how, you know, he got hurt when he was playing the USHL and then like he finally scored a goal like a year later and he celebrated so hard, even though it was like preseason. It was like, dude, you, you never know when you're going to score your last goal. Was I like kind of crapping my pants in the moment after I did it? Like, yeah, like obviously someone's going to try to hit me from behind. I just did pushups pretty much on the URI logo, but like, it's a funny memory looking back on it. And now like everything's good. I get chirped by it when we play them. It's all in good fun. They love the TikToks. It's great. Celebrate every goal you get because you never know when your last one is going to be. That is my my advice that I, that I was thinking about listening to the hockey think tank because it's, it's great advice. Like a lot of people might like say like, dude, what are you doing celebrating? Like act like you've been there before. But hey, if you get a sick photo, you wearing your college jersey and you get to show that to your kids someday, like who cares at the end of the day? I had no clue that you pulled a TO. That's that's insane. I didn't see you as the type of guy who would, who would spike a, uh, the ball and like the Cowboys logo. That's insane. Yeah, I mean it was it was a little Sean Avery and me. It was I had gotten hit from behind earlier in the game. They told me to hit the weight room. Listen, was I in the weight room my freshman year? No. Could I have probably benefited from being in the weight room? Yeah. I took that chirp to heart and I said, if I score, I'm going to do some push-ups and let them know. And uh, yeah, that's that's how it went. That's pretty much what we got for the show. I wanted to go around the horn, give everyone a chance. Season three of the Hockey House, really cool opportunity we have in front of us with the following that we have going into this year. We didn't have anywhere near this following at the start of last season, so we're super excited about that. Pretty much everything's 100% back to normal now. I know uh, last year, a lot of teams were getting back into things, some restrictions, and now this is like our bread and butter, everything we picture when we think about the CHF and the ACHA uh, coming together this season. And with, like I said, the following that we have, we're really excited about this. So Herm, I'll, I'll toss the mic over to you, things you're looking forward to in this upcoming year. We have grown so much as a brand, as a presence. I have been in locker rooms where people know about the hockey house, where it's a topic of conversation. You talked about it with Desmond, and that's the reason why he was on the podcast in the first place. I'm excited to see what we can continue to do for the ACHA and the CHF with teams stepping up their game in terms of content with us on a rocket ship on social, things are going to be incredible. And I'm pumped for it. Unfortunately, we might have to get rid of a segment that I think we all know and love, but uh, fired up in the Fed with Fitzy may you know be no longer. You know he's moving up in the ranks of pro hockey going into the season. Uh, what are you looking forward to on the ice, and then also you know hanging out with us once a week? To be honest, I, I should take my own advice that I just gave to my rookie self. I'm I'm nervous. You know it, it shouldn't be 
too much different from the Fed. I'm, I hope less fighting, but I think once I get there and just get everything going, you get into the routine of things, everything's going to fall into place. Yeah, off the ice with you guys, kind of along the lines of what Herm was saying with just how we're continuing to grow the ACHA brand. It's been crazy what we've been able to pull off. Just looking at like Indiana University, they actually have fans at the games. Like that was not a thing when I was there. There's people that actually know that like Indiana has a hockey team now. They're they're all over Barstool, Indiana. And that's just one school. Like you said, I was in the Fed last year. I now have coaches like contacting me, asking me like, hey, do you have other ACHA players that, you know, you think could play at this level? It's crazy. We've been able to have this much of an impact in such a short time. Like Kerm said, it's it's pretty exciting to see, you know, where it's going to go. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good point. And to touch on that, it really cool when you text us the other day and you're saying that. But it's crazy because we talk about a, a lot how you have to really love love the game of hockey to continue playing in college when it's not spoon fed to you, right? Like in an NCAA team, you know, your apparel is there. Your practice schedule is made. Your coach did the recruiting. He made the schedule. There's a lot of hoops to jump through at this level. You can argue that guys like us love the game more. The, the stuff that we put into it kind of take that point. Like a lot of guys at the D3 level are just like, hey, I'm, I'm done with school. Like that's it for me. And then we have guys on the top ACHA teams like you Fitz who are just like no like I'm gonna keep doing this and it shows because the ACHA level is good enough for guys to make that jump and we're, we're so pumped for you in this next coming year thanks Murph it means a lot I want to workshop this live with everyone uh as a replacement for fired up in the fed with Fitz psyched in the SP I like that I think we can we can work with that if any listeners have any better suggestions we will absolutely take them yeah, well, maybe we'll leave that to the comment section. But before we go, I'll step in too. But Aiden, what are you looking forward to this upcoming year? Uh, you've been tremendous this offseason and helping us behind the scenes with some content that we haven't even gotten out yet, but we're looking forward to publishing soon. And uh, we'll fill you guys in once that drops. But, you know, year two with the Nova team going into your junior year, what are your thoughts? Well, first off, I was pretty psyched about this, but I'm a little bit bummed because my goalie coach was potentially going to be teammates with Fitzy in Binghamton. But uh, it is what it is. He just finished playing two years in Sweden and uh, is uh, looking to stay back home in the States. I'm looking forward to playing you, Murph. I think that's going to be a great game. I know we mentioned it earlier. You know, I'm looking forward to headed back up to Buffalo. I think that's always that's always a good time. Halloween weekend, going to the Buffalo meltdown and defending our title. So I think that's going to be a good time. Just playing hockey, I was missing it all summer. I was just itching for ice time. Any time I could get off of work and go skate, I would absolutely go skate. Just being back at school, seeing the boys and uh, and having a good time. Bright-eyed, bushy tail, waiting for the season to start and just uh, playing hockey. That's that's all I can really ask for. To everyone listening, it's everyone's excited this time of year, right? Like Nobody is sitting on their couch right now being like, ah, oh, man, like hockey's about to start guy who went through like a tough rebuilding year last year like keep that enthusiasm like going to the rink is fun every day and like yeah there are some dark days in january and february if the season's not going your way but like you got to remember that feeling in august when you step on the ice in february so that is kind of my wisdom but yes looking forward to going down playing nova on a friday night that is going to be huge i think that it's awesome that you know both schools can kind of promote that we also get to play pit which is great because they're in the eshel now it makes our conference that much tougher uh, but gives us like a team that played in the big east is now in the acc they play syracuse and every other sport now we get to play them in hockey kind of makes it easier for people to understand our level of play when they see us play in those big name schools so really looking forward to that we had pretty much a third of the following that we have now when we started this last year even less than that probably close to do a fourth of the following when you really look at it blank slate season three we're so fired up to get this going any listeners out there you got ideas for us if you got content for us if you want stuff we should talk about on the pod we are by the players for the players and we stick to our guns on that one so our dms are always open and we appreciate all the interactions that we have with you guys and we are really looking forward to another great year that wraps it up here i'll let fitzy sign us off here as he always does but thank you so much for everyone listening you're up for season three boys we'll see you soon